the Gary Watches Wrestling Podcast, April 4th, 2020. WrestleMania Night 1 is in the books. It literally just wrapped up about five minutes ago, and I instantly had to get on here and give you my reaction to Night 1. I don't even want to bury the lead. I want to jump right into this damn Boneyard match. Holy shit. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Um, you know, the old meme or saying around the internet about, uh, Vince saying, oh, that's good shit, pal. You know, that, uh, Ambrose, uh, said in an interview from last year, you know, you could say that and think, oh, I'm being sarcastic, but no, I genuinely thought that that match was good shit. Literally. Um, I was just blown away at the storytelling in this match, it was a completely different setting. It was in like this graveyard with this old shack. Um, it was just, it was everything about it, the production of it. Um, everything was nailed perfectly. You had some interference from Gallows and Anderson. You had uh, some druids. I mean, look, they had a hearst that rolled up and the undertaker's music is playing and you literally think it's actually undertaker, but it's, it's, it's AJ who's in the hearst. This hearst rolls into the cemetery. These two druids get out. They open the back door. They pull out the casket and out comes AJ laughing maniacal, like, <laughs> you know, and you hear his music playing and here he comes. And then then you hear some Metallica music. You, you hear this bike, this motorcycle roll up, and it's Undertaker. Yeah. If you guys were looking for uh, American Badass Undertaker, he was here. You got him. There he was. Now, I don't know about how many fans were necessarily clamoring for American Badass Undertaker. I don't know. But uh, if you're one of those people, tonight was your lucky night because he rolled up looking like American Badass Undertaker. He um, he got off the bike. He started talking shit to AJ, which this was another thing. This is another thing I really liked tonight because there's no crowd, um, which, you know, could absolutely be a negative. And I thought that, you know, some of the matches dragged on as a result. But one thing I really loved about this show, if I could compliment this show is that I could actually hear the wrestlers talk shit to each other. I genuinely enjoyed that. And I hope that, um, going forward in these, uh, presentations that we can see more or rather hear more of that because it really helped tell a story. The same thing goes for Owens and uh, Rollins, but that was a side note. So um, Undertaker gets off the bike. He's talking a lot of trash to AJ. He uh, really dominated this match early on. AJ fights back. He um, tries to throw Undertaker into the grave. Undertaker pops out from behind him on the tractor, just as AJ's about to lower some dirt on him. Gallows and Anderson show up. They're ready to start a fight with Undertaker. You got these druids that roll out and they circle around the Undertaker. Undertaker says, hey, let's do it. And he starts beating up all these druids. Um, Anderson grabs a shovel and tries to beat up Undertaker with it. Gallows is, is trying to hold him back or, you know, hold Undertaker back so he can't fight off Anderson. Anderson comes over. Undertaker reverses it. He says, I'll show you how to use this damn shovel. And so he starts beating over um, 
Anderson with it, gets Gallows with it. AJ then comes up from behind and breaks a tombstone over Undertaker's back. AJ screaming at him, says, I can't believe you broke my finger. AJ's begging him to retire. He uh, then slams him through a fence. <laughs> I'm not making this stuff up. I know it's crazy. They then climb on the roof of the shack. Undertaker uh, gets up there. Gallows and Anderson have, have already, I guess they were hiding up there after Undertaker beat them up. I don't know. Undertaker tombstones Anderson, throws Gallows off the roof. Then he throws AJ off the roof onto a dirt mound. He uh, comes down. He asks AJ if he remembers his wife's name now, says they're just getting started. He drags him over to the grave. AJ is begging and pleading, please don't bury me. Please, please, please don't bury me. Undertaker's, he's he's not even talking necessarily trash. He's saying, you know what, AJ, you fought a good fight. You did a hell of a job. You fought your ass off. Um, and it looked like he was going to leave AJ there. He turns around to walk away. Then he turns back around and kicks AJ into the grave. He lowers the dirt on from the tractor onto AJ. You can see AJ's gloves sticking up out of the dirt. Undertaker puts on his bandana, gets on the damn bike, puts his fist up in the air like he would do at the end of any match. Pyro goes off. The little Taker logo shows up on the roof of the, of the uh, shack or whatever it was. He rides off Metallica music. That's how the show ends. I did not want to wait for this review to talk about this. I wanted to talk about this now while it was fresh in my mind. I just have to say I was blown away by this. Um, my expectations for this entire show were very low, not to the fault of the talent because they're, they're, they're under very unique situation. It's out of their control. You know, these guys bust their ass day in, day out. They're looking for crowd reactions. They're not getting any crowd reactions. They're fighting each other under this, uh, you know, unique conditions in all things considered, they did very well. But, uh, this match right here being in this different location. And when I saw what they were doing with it, I was like, Oh God, what is this going to be? Is this, this going to be some kind of trash? Like, what are we getting ourselves into here? Is this going to be like the final deletion? You know, like, what is this going to be like? And it ended up being really, really awesome. Wow. Because I had been wondering this entire time during the build, and you can listen back to uh, any of the podcasts I did in the last few weeks talking about the buildup of this match. I just wasn't sure where they were going with this. I wasn't sure how good it was going to turn out, but this was uh, turned out to be way better than the build itself. The only thing missing was Michelle McCool. I thought maybe somewhere along the line she would show up and, and do something, but alas, she was not there. She was, uh, she was nowhere to be found. Let's work our way backwards, shall we? Um, we had uh, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins again. Love the shit talking back and forth uh, between these guys. I thought this match was uh, pretty hard hitting. Seth Rollins came out looking like Andrade, which is kind of uh, interesting. Somebody else uh, on Twitter at uh, PW Informant, uh, they tweeted me uh, that they thought maybe Rollins could also be like Shawn Michaels from what was that WrestleMania 26, where he had like the uh, white hat and the white jacket. But uh, this match I thought was, uh, was pretty hard hitting. It ended in a DQ after Seth Rollins hit uh, Kevin Owens over the head with the bell. Kevin Owens, uh, you know, he got on the mic immediately. Cause I was kind of like, Oh man, I liked this match up until they hit the DQ and he gets on the mic and says, no, 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 no. We're not going to end it this way. Let's do a no DQ match. 
And then Rollins uh, really just takes the next couple of minutes here and just beats him down. He's got chairs all over him, you know, beating him over with. He's uh, hitting him with the ring bell again. And he's just talking all this trash. He tells Kevin Owens, you know, your mouth is always getting you into trouble and all this stuff. And Rollins keeps saying, or uh, Kevin Owens keeps telling uh, Seth Rollins, hey, you're a little bitch. And, I mean, they're just going back and forth. And uh, then Owens, uh, you know, he gets the better of Rollins, lays him out on the announcer's table, and then he jumps off the goddamn WrestleMania sign. So the WrestleMania sign was in the Performance Center. Now, when you look at the WrestleMania sign, normally it looks kind of small because it's hanging from the ceiling in a gigantic arena. Here it's in this very small gymnasium, so it looks gigantic. I mean, it had to be 30 feet tall. Uh, okay, maybe that's an exaggeration, maybe 20 feet tall. Point is, Kevin Owens uh, goes and climbs up to the top of this thing and jumps off of it, uh, hitting Rollins and breaking the table. They get in the ring, and he hits Rollins with the stunner. Boom, boom, one, two, three, that's it. And uh, that was definitely another match that I really uh, enjoyed. Um Oh, and I'm, I just did that out of order. I, re, I just realized my, my apologies because Strowman and Goldberg was before the Boneyard match. Let's talk about Strowman and Goldberg. I was very, very critical that uh, they did not have any sort of uh, story for this match whatsoever. Triple H d- doing some media, telling people, hey, it's all going to play out. You know, the thing with Reigns, you know, it's going to play out. Just let it play out. And then it literally on SmackDown last night, it was literally just breaking news. Braun Strowman's facing Goldberg, and that was it. And then, you know, you had a very short match here. Goldberg throws four spears on Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman throws three power slams on Goldberg, one running power slam and gets the win. Very short match, short and sweet. I guess they just wanted to get this match the hell out of here, considering that, you know, there was no build to it. They just wanted to get in and out with it. And they did. And I'm actually, this may surprise people, but I'm not mad that they put the belt on Braun Strowman. I, I'm like, look, you got this big some bitch. Let's do something with him. You know, if we're going to get behind this guy, let's get behind this guy. Let's do something. If I'm WWE, that's what I'm thinking. We have this big guy. We know, you know, we've always heard Vince loves the big guy. So let's do something with him. Let's, let's uh, put him into something. And my guess, I mean, you know, by SummerSlam, he's probably going to be facing Roman Reigns or dare I say next year's WrestleMania. If they're going to, if they're going to go long-term with it. But my guess is probably some sort of like SummerSlam build Strowman and Reigns. I could definitely see that happening down the line, but uh, let's do something with Braun. I mean, cause they, they have this big guy. I've done pretty much nothing with him for the longest time it's time that they uh, do something with them uh before the owens and rollins match we have the triple threat tag team match i can't even keep up with this thing these guys were all over the place it was uh, john morrison uh kofi kingston and jimmy uso and up until uh this match this was my favorite match of the night these guys i thought just put a, a hell of an effort out there loved all the great moves all the high spots you know just it's everything you thought this match would be and it was unique because they pulled the other guy Guys out of the match because uh, Miz did not do the match, and they did a story storyline explanation of it, saying that he had gotten injured on SmackDown the night before. So there's your uh, explanation. John Morrison gets the win here. All three men go to the top of the ladder. I think they had two ladders. Yeah, it was like two ladders, and then there was one that was like laying across the middle of the two ladders, going into the ropes, and basically. The three men are battling at the top of the ladders, and they're you know they're just 
characters hitting each other and they're pulling the that little hanger that hangs the belts. They are trying to pull that thing off and then do like a tug of war over who's going to get the belts. Well, Morrison ends up getting the belts and then he falls backwards off the ladder, lands onto that ladder that's laying across the ring and he is declared the winner. Great match. There was an R-Truth segment in here somewhere with Gronk and uh, Mojo Rawley where uh, R-Truth was saying how he's all over the place running away. He wants to take a break. He wants to hang out with these guys. Gronk takes him out. We think Gronk's going to pin R-Truth, but in fact, Mojo Rawley pins him. Mojo Rawley, the new 24-7 champion, whatever. Um, Before the triple threat match, we have uh, Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn. A lot of stalling here from Sami Zayn, as you might expect. He is the heel. Um, There's distractions from Nakamura Cesaro and Drew Gulak. You got Mojo and Gronk on the perch doing a yes chant. Brian was primarily in control for a lot of the match. Um, Then we see Drew Gulak get taken out by Nakamura and Cesaro, which led to Brian being distracted and Zayn coming up for the win from behind. Uh, I really liked the atmosphere of this because you had, you know, Drew Gulak and Cesaro and Nakamura out there. You know, you had uh, Mojo and Gronk on the perch. So it actually sounded like there were people in the room and they were cheering and they were getting into it. Uh, So I did enjoy that aspect of it. But, uh, you know, Sami Zayn, he is uh, he is still your champion, still the Intercontinental Champion. I don't have a big problem with it, but, you know, it was what it was. Uh, You got Becky and Shayna. Becky uh, drives up in her semi-truck. They did the introductions. They came out. It was uh, pretty much a brawl throughout most of this thing. Shayna controlled a lot of the match. Becky came back, got the win. I was surprised here. I thought maybe they would give the win to Shayna Baszler, have her kind of go on a tear, you know, like a reign of terror as the champion. Very similar to what she did in NXT. That was not the case. Uh, Becky Lynch gets the win. I don't hate it necessarily. I mean... I like Becky. I don't have any problem with Becky still being the champion. I'm just more or less surprised that they went this way. Some people on Twitter are saying, oh, they're probably going to have Ronda come back soon, and maybe they're going to set up a SummerSlam. We'll see about that. Um, But uh, not a bad match. I I did enjoy it. Um, One match I didn't really care for was Elias and Baron Corbin. Eh. It's just not the, it was not the greatest. Uh, Corbin comes out. He is telling the ref to declare him the winner after a 10 count because he said Elias was not going to be there. Elias comes out with the guitar, hits Corbin multiple times. They did have a bad edit here because when Corbin came out, he was in his full King kind of gear. And then basically they do this cut where when you hear Elias' music and you see Elias on the ramp, you see Baron Corbin come out on the ramp to try to uh, cut him off at the pass. And Baron Corbin's already got all his King stuff off. And with the timing of it, there's no way he could have gotten all that stuff off fast enough to jump out of the ring and beat up Elias. So a little bit of bad editing there. They could have, they could have uh, tweaked that up a little bit more. Um, the opening match was the women's tag team championship, Kabuki warriors versus Alexa bliss and Nikki cross Alexa and Nikki get the win. I thought this was uh, also a really good match. A lot of great effort from these ladies, Um, A lot of camera cuts, though. I mean, there was a lot of camera cuts throughout the entire show, but just, I mean, this match, it it was just right from the jump. You could see all the camera cuts, camera cut, camera cut, camera cut. I was kind of getting dizzy from all this, but uh, either way, a great opening match, a great way to start WrestleMania. I really enjoyed that match. There was a pre-show match, uh, Drew Gulak and Cesaro. Very short, but uh, very good for the time that they did have. I did enjoy that. There was a little Stephanie opening up uh, message just telling the people that, uh, you know, this year's WrestleMania is going to be different and that uh, they really want to entertain everybody. So please be entertained 
basically was what she was trying to say. Uh, she thanks all the fans for their support and letting them entertain them. There was this really cool America the Beautiful montage where they basically took clips of past WrestleManias and spliced together the entire song. And you get to hear Aretha Franklin and John Legend, Little Richard, Boys to Men, Ray Charles, Willie Nelson, etc., etc., doing the song. That was really cool. By the way, uh, just another random thought. I, I'm curious about the ending of the uh, Boneyard match, you know, with AJ and Undertaker, with AJ actually getting buried in the ground. I don't think AJ is necessarily done with the company, but, um, you know, or done with his career, rather. But I, I think it was kind of... Uh, interesting and symbolic in a way that he actually literally got buried alive i just find that very interesting how that uh, kind of all ended but all in all i thought that this uh, first night of wrestlemania was uh, better than i thought it was going to be again low expectations high results uh from me was it the greatest wrestlemania ever no but that boneyard match really uh hyped me up as you can tell i'm very very hyper <laughs> Very excited. Uh, I just really enjoyed that Boneyard match, and that really just put it over the top for me. But, I mean, you look at it, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, really, really good. The triple threat ladder match, really, really good. The women's tag at the at the opener I thought was pretty good. So, all in all, I'm, I'm very pleased with, uh, with this night. Now, by the way, before I get off of here, night number two, this is what we can expect from night number two. So, we have got uh, Cena versus Wyatt in the Funhouse match, Ed, Edge versus Orton, Otis versus Ziggler, Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley, the Fatal Five-Way Women's SmackDown Championship match, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley, the Raw Tag Team titles, and Lesnar versus McIntyre all coming up tomorrow on night two. I will be back after WrestleMania tomorrow with another podcast to recap that in kind of quick hit fashion. And I also want to direct you to the wrestling informant radio podcast, the return of wrestling informant radio this week, myself and the Alan Martin, our first podcast back together in five years, talking professional wrestling. I cannot wait. I'm very, very excited, but I wanted to come on here and just kind of give you my quick hit thoughts on this show. And all in all, I thought it was very, very good. So, um, I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for the uh, thank you for the support. If you enjoy this, leave a review on iTunes. Tell the folks they need to come and check this out. And that's going to do it for me. I need to get my ass to bed. I will see you guys uh, tomorrow. Thanks for listening.